The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First to Ten podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. I am Tony Catalina, alongside my guy, my right hand, Aiden Davis. Aiden, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing pretty well, because a few days ago, I realized, yes, football's over, but somebody told me, hey, in the next month and a half, we have Baseball's kicking into high gear in terms of we're getting we're getting more base I we're getting the March Madness we're getting the Masters there is enough to keep me entertained for right now so I'm I'm doing well and just the fact that we have this solid one and a half month run of sports it's enough to keep it's enough to excite me yeah to you know keep your interest peaked in other things that are not football related but as far as football goes combines right upon us. Uh, you know, we got yep. the draft coming up, free agency, you know, franchise tag. So there is going to be a lot of Cowboy stuff we could talk about, but you're totally right. Spring training baseball just started. Um, this is not a visual podcast so nobody can see it. I've been wearing a Red Sox hat every week since we've done this because I've officially switched over to another team that's going to disappoint me. Um, and so now we're in a situation where I'm excited for baseball. I'm excited for warm weather for the people that are listening to this in Texas. You guys get that a lot more often than I do. So uh, that's something I I don't take for granted, but you're right. I'm excited for March Madness, man. Um, this is the Cowboys podcast, but you know, we got to find some other things to do while the Cowboys aren't playing football, man. Yeah. And this has been, where are the Cowboys headlines? This has Jerry is, is Jerry breathing because as long as Jerry's breathing, there's Cowboys headlines. And I've not seen, have we had any, no controversies yet. This is insane. None. This is a, yeah, this is like a day since the last Cowboys controversy. This is like a record. We've hit like 12 days, which is like, I don't know, a record. <laughs> We're going to talk about it, but you know, these particular guys, but it seems like the headlines going through the internet are just like fan driven stuff when it comes to like Wagner and Ramsey and some of this stuff, like the Cowboys yeah. have not caused like any stir and and you like you said jerry jones is probably sitting in his office eating his mcgriddle like what are we doing <laughs> like there is no football there's no cowboys conversation how do i change this and how jerry can change this is to be active in pro football's free agency period and i'm all in for that so maybe that's how he gets yeah. i mean mccarthy finalized his staff we know mccarthy's entire staff now and that i mean schottenheimer was that was expected there was there wasn't even 
even when you're replacing an offensive coordinator and even when you're filling out an entire staff, there really wasn't a lot to talk about with the Cowboys. So this offseason is starting off significantly different than last year's offseason. And maybe mm-hmm. that's a sign that this this offseason is going to be different. Maybe they're giving us hope. Well, you know, not to get too deep into it because we've talked about it at nauseum, but back to back 12 and five seasons, back to back playoffs, you know, a, a quiet offseason to start like maybe this is the changing of the tide of the Cowboys and this wasn't their year but it's a part of a bigger picture plan that like hey there's going to be some stability in this organization there's going to be some success we're going to be able to move forward that's me being optimistic right I mean am, am I crazy for thinking this could be an optimistic turn for them I'm curious what percentage what percent chance do you think you're going to be like offseason ends we're going into camp and you're like yeah, I was really happy with the way that offseason went. What's what what percent are you giving it? I mean, last year I was so disappointed <laughs> and I was wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to say that I think they're going to do something different, but who knows? I mean, I bet you it's like a 30% chance that I'm happy. So like a 70% chance I'm disappointed. <laughs> I was putting it like a 20% chance I'm happy. I mean, my, the thing is, my bar for happy right now is if we can sign somebody who I at least... I recognize their name. If we can sign like an external free agent where I'm like, oh, I didn't recognize that name. Like that's the barometer for happy for me at this point. Yeah. Like when I'm getting kind of excited about T.Y. Hilton being signed midseason, like it's clearly it does not take a lot to get people excited. Listen, and you know, there's a lot of people in this fan base that like want people to sign people just for the sake of it. Me and you are very firmly in the camp that we don't do that. That's not our style. Yeah. I'm not I'm not the type of person that's like, I need this to be signed for a splash. I, w- I want them to be aggressive for moves that make sense. So for you to say that, that that's that comes from a place of understanding and knowledge. And and we're not foolish in thinking that. And in the same breath, we're going to kind of pivot to our first topic, which is not a free agent. But we're going to talk about Jalen Ramsey and the fact that. You know, Jalen Ramsey is available, right? There, he's going to be yep. available via trade. The Rams are kind of doing salary dumps, anything they can to get out of the hole they've dug themselves in. Granted, they want a Super Bowl, and you know they got to feel good about that. But now this is the price you pay when you kind of go all in. What I wanted to ask you and kind of set up this topic here is one yes or no answer. Are you in on Jalen Ramsey? Yes. Okay. Now, what would you give up and what would you be willing to give up for Jalen Ramsey to come here? It has to make sense. See, the thing that the Cowboys have always rebuilt through the draft, and this is something we've talked about endlessly on the podcast, specifically during the offseason, the Cowboys prefer to, if we're going to win the Super Bowl, we're going to do it on the back of our drafting. I think when you're a rebuilding team, when you're a team who's hovering anywhere below 800, that there's a lot of credibility to that strategy because you want to rebuild youth. The Cowboys after two and 12 and five seasons, they have to realize, okay, rebuilding through the draft right now is not the smartest way to go because we get one pick wrong. Say our first round pick this year doesn't pan out. Well, now you just burned a pick at a time where you're coming off two 12 and five. You need just a stable presence. Yeah. You might be getting robbed a little bit in terms of trade value, but at least you're getting established presence where you're like, this person is going to elevate our roster. This person is going to help us win. Now we don't have to develop this person. We don't have to wait for them to pan out. And yeah, they might not have that upside of a second round pick. They might not have the upside of a guy like Trayvon Diggs, who you got grabbed a couple of years ago, but he's going to bring an impact. And that's a guy like Jalen Ramsey, what Jalen Ramsey brings to this table I'm willing to give up a set. I'm willing to give up multiple second round picks for Jalen. The only I'm not willing to give up a first, 
to me, everything outside of a first is on the table for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. And do you think, I guess, second part before I kind of get into my, you know, soliloquy on this is, do you think that's enough? Oh, that or do you is think the market is going to be too saturated? You know, do you think that like somebody like the Bears or, you know, the Chargers or whoever, it doesn't matter who, somebody with a lot of money, a lot of draft picks are like, I'm going to go in and just be ignorant with these picks. Man, I don't I don't see Ramsey fetching a first round pick because not only you get him under contract for I think it, he has three years left on his deal, if I'm not mistaken. I could be. Yes. Yeah. Three no, years, you're right. Years. Okay. I think it's like 17, but, 15, 14 in that range for the next three years. Million. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about repaying him, which increases his his trade value. It's not a one year. We only get this guy for a season. I still don't think he's a first round pick type of guy. He's 29. He had we he had a good season this year. And I although it didn't really look it because the Rams are horrible, he is still prime, maybe not prime. He's still Jalen Ramsey. But he is also on that downhill slope of when you get start getting into age 30 when he's playing at age 31, he's I mean he's not going to be contending for defensive player of the year at that point. So I don't think he's I think you can get him for multiple seconds and maybe some back end picks. I don't think do you think a team's got for first? Because I don't. I think somebody who is, you know, somebody who's a little more risk adverse might give up a first, you know, because maybe somebody in the back end of the draft that's like, listen, you know, who do we pick at 30, 29, 31? Is is that are they gonna have the impact that uh in his prime, you know, right now Jalen Ramsey is gonna have? I mean I, I think like you're right. I think a second should do it. A, a second should be the the ceiling for the Cowboys. But I, you know, could somebody come with the back end first? I think it's possible. I the teams that I'd be worried about, and one team in specific that's been rumored to be interested in Jalen Ramsey is the Detroit Lions. I would be scared of the Lions dumping their second pick. Now, granted, if a team like the Lions were to dump, they obviously own two picks in this draft, one through the Matthew Stafford trade. I mean. Their worst pick this year is, I I would assume it's somewhere around the 16-ish pick because they were on the borderline of the playoffs this year. So their their worst pick is like 16. I don't envision a team giving up uh, the 16th overall pick for Jalen Ramsey, not uh, not at this point at least. And so I I don't know if any back of the first teams are like, yeah, we're one cornerback. Like, I don't know. I just don't see... Maybe this is just optimistic thinking. I, I don't see it happening where a team gives a, a back of the end first, but I could be wrong. So this is like nervous. I thought about this. I don't know if it's realistic. It's just me spitballing here. But what if, because James... Are we about to... Yeah, yeah we're about Bradbury, to talk about the yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. If James Bradbury, they let him go and the Eagles are stacked in draft picks and they're able to take the contract and add Jalen Ramsey to Darius Slay, that's such an Eagles-Howie Roseman move. Now, if it made sense, but like in that move where like we'd be afraid to make it, and then there'd be talking heads that cover the Cowboys. It's like, oh, my God, the Eagles are not afraid. Look at the Eagles. And like that's the type of move that we'd be like, God damn it, the Eagles. <laughs> that's That was actually, I was about to say, it was going to be the Lions is a team that I think you need to look at just because where there's smoke, there's fire in terms of these rumors. But it... It makes a lot of sense if the Eagles move on from Bradbury. With that said, Bradbury did enough this season where I think the entire city of Philadelphia would be very upset if he left. So I expect Bradbury to be back in Philly. Well, you know, it's funny. 
they they we were wrong right i think uh, myself included like james radbury like good but like you guys acting like he's like this yeah. all world all pro guy and guess what he ended up being that but now if you add james jalen ramsey i'm like oh, well yeah he is that guy you know what i mean he's that guy so i can clown it but that's it's real um with, with all this that odds that jalen ramsey's wearing a star on his helmet in 2023 oh my god you know what i've said this publicly and i'm gonna say it now like i think the odds are very slim very very slim but wouldn't this be like Jerry Jones's Deion Sanders moment? Deion, like if yeah. he could find a way to be like, we're close, 12 and five, two years in a row, won a playoff game. Like if we can pair Trayvon, we're not worried about 2024, we're worried about 2023. Jalen Ramsey, Trayvon Diggs, two corners who can kill you. I think that is such a thing that Jerry might be like, pull the trigger, I'm 80. And the thing is, is I mean, I don't, what, I don't think one second round pick's going to get it done. I think it would take multiple or maybe like, uh, two and two threes but all in almost every mock i've seen the cowboys take a cornerback in the second round like would you agree with that like that's the most common first, they second, take, like yeah yeah first sec sometimes they take it in the first but it's like most of the time the most common order i've seen is receiver in the first round cornerback in the second round so if you gave me the option between a second round prospect who could easily bust like a two players on this team and Deshaun Wright and Kelvin Joseph, who they weren't second rounders, but they were around them, right? Joseph was, was Joseph a second or was Joseph? Joseph, Joseph was, was a third a second and Deshaun was a yeah, third. Exactly. So if we're talking about like a guy, like the potential of a guy like Deshaun Wright or Kelvin Joseph or Jalen Ramsey for the next three years, pick up the phone, Jerry, please. It's worth entertaining. But that said, I'm putting it at like 1%. Yeah. It's the, the thing is that, the talent makes sense. The fit makes sense. Like the star power makes sense if you're a cowboy, but at the same time, you look at the money. Now I'm not worried about 2023 because Trayvon Diggs is on the books for like $4 million and you would have to pay Jalen 17. So for your two starting cornerbacks, $21 million all in for one year, isn't a crazy number to, to think about. I mean, they were paying Amari Cooper that just, you know, $20 million. Yeah. So if you can find that for one year, but it's the next year. And now this isn't something I'm advocating, but here's a plan that I don't think has been spoken about because it may be just be crazy. But is there any thought in your mind that you could take Jalen Ramsey, you know, trade for him in the next three years, and then they let Diggs walk and not pay him. So then Ramsey's your guy. Yeah, so I was thinking about this when the news came out about Ramsey. Well, I think what would need to happen, and I think would be a smarter move, A, Letting Diggs walk, if he's demanding some, if he's demanding Jair, like if he's demanding like, hey, I'm the best cornerback in the NFL, pay me like I'm the like ridiculous amounts of money, 25 million. It's the there's going to be a conversation of whether we let Diggs walk. I don't know that that's we don't need to discuss that now. I there is that that's a possibility, though. What I think would be more make more sense is Jalen Ramsey at that point would be on the book for two more years. Why not just give Trayvon a five-year contract and backload it. Just say, I now I know a lot of players don't really like backloaded contracts. They want their money now, but say, hey, we'll give you the amount of money you're asking for. We'll pay you like this top corner, but just give us two years of you playing alongside Jalen Ramsey that's going to make your life easier, and then mm -hmm. we'll give you all this money. And by the way, there's not going to be much flexibility down the road. You're not going to have to worry about being cut because of this back-end loading.
Yeah, I think it could be a win-win. And Diggs is one of those guys we talked about this week and, you know, in the Super Bowl week that was clamoring for the Cowboys to make some moves. Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb. These guys want players. They want teammates that can come and get them over the edge. Yeah, Like you said, if you can sell the Ramsey digs money situation to make sense i think that you can have a conversation now it's gonna get cre- it's gonna have to get creative it's gonna have to be funny money in some instances and again we both agree it's a very slim chance that happens but this is a move that 1990s jerry makes 1980s jerry makes like this is a move yeah. that you know i mean this this isn't this isn't like linebacker this isn't like running back a cornerback is a very premier position and if you can have two legitimate top 5 top 10 cornerbacks in this league on both sides to go with Deron Bland you could still draft a cornerback high you know what i mean you could still draft the guy that can come in and be the third fourth guy and and you know whatever the case may be if the money doesn't work out there's contracts and situations that need to work out you have somebody to cover your back end but this is a rare talent and somebody who we talked about it earlier in the pre-show Jalen Ramsey had an off year in 2022, but 2020 and 2021 used a first team all pro. So there's something to be say. I don't think he fell off a cliff. I think the Rams as a whole had a tough year. He's not, you know, you're not absolved of that as well. I think he had his down year, but pro football focus for whatever that's worth. If whatever kind of credit you put that in, had him as a top three corner up there with sauce Gardner. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's interesting. I think it's a conversation that won't go away for a long time. People are going to be linking Jalen Ramsey and the Cowboys until it doesn't happen. But, you know, it's something re- that I would definitely explore. Yeah. And this, the report said that he's going to be traded quote unquote the coming weeks. So, and maybe it's could, a quick this could be, this yeah. Could, yeah, this could be a Cowboys fans are disappointed early. Right. And, you know, I would like that. Peel the bandaid off. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this for months, but somebody that they did talk about for a long time is who we're going to talk about next. It's Jalen Ramsey's teammate. And former teammate now, Bobby Wagner. Um, again, kind of like how I asked you about Jalen Ramsey. Yes or no, are you in on Bobby Wagner? We talked about this on pregame. I don't want the Cowboys signing people just because they're a big name. Bobby Wagner, I'm going to give it a no. I don't want the okay. Cowboys to sign Bobby Wagner. Okay, so that kind of that kind of cuts into the other question because it was, would you sign Bobby Wagner? And if you did, is it Bobby Wagner or Leighton Van Nash or is it both? So I'm going to say... I don't know if it's necessary, right? I don't know if Bobby Wagner is necessary. It's one of those things where like, hey, I want I want McDonald's. And your mom's like, we got McDonald's at home. You know, I think we got Leighton <laughs> Van Dash at home. If we can sign Leighton Van Dash, I think he can do a lot of the similar things. But if you're worried about the linebacker position, its depth, its veteran presence, finding a way to get them both wouldn't be the most outrageous thing because I think the Cowboys could be good. Imagine, imagine a room where it's Bobby Wagner, Leighton Van Dash, you know, Damone Clark, Jabril Cox, that's a, that's a linebacker room you feel comfortable with because right now, as it stands, the Cowboys have, like, nothing there. You know, you're not counting Micah Parsons. He's not a true linebacker. So I guess I'm in the camp of, yes, Bobby Wagner, if it makes financial sense, but I'm not breaking my back and bending over backwards for him. Yeah, so I'll preface it a little bit. I'm not completely out on Bobby. It's not like if the report came out tomorrow that the Cowboys have, I guess it wouldn't be tomorrow, but whenever they're eligible to do it, the report It'll comes be tomorrow. out that the, Cow- <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys signed Bobby Wagner to an X amount. It's not like I'm going to be on Twitter throwing, like, ra- rattling my fist at Jerry saying, how in the world could you do this? My thing is, is can, do you think they can, the LVE and Wagner can play together? I, I really, they're two, that's two just like pure middle linebackers. And we've seen LVE shift to the outside linebacker role 
with yeah. little to no success. I Wagner's done that. Wagner's done it a little bit, but can they play together? Do you think? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's, it's fair. I You know, I guess Bobby Wagner is the name, but what I guess I'm looking for, and maybe Cowboys Nation, I can speak for them, is they're looking for something, right? A piece. I think that we thought Jabril Cox, he didn't do anything this year. Damone Clark is a very encouraging piece. But, you know, that that Cowboys got kind of lucky in that, or in the sense that a fifth-round pick who wasn't supposed to play this year came in and, and got some snaps. So they, they need to solidify the room. And if it's not Bobby Wagner, then who? I think it, it's a good conversation to have. That's I would like to see them... So the way that I see Bobby Wagner, I'm not going to argue that Bobby Wagner isn't better than Leighton Vander Esch because if you watch Bobby Wagner in 2022, it's very evident. Yes, Bobby Wagner is significantly better than Leighton Vander Esch. He should have been on. He should have at least been talked about to be a pro bowler. I know he did, he wasn't a pro bowler, but that should have been a conversation because Bobby Wagner in 2022 had a better year than Bobby Wagner had in 2021 and is debatable in 2020. He was excellent this year. But my thing is, is Bobby Wagner signed a five-year, $50 million deal. So you'd say, oh, well, maybe we can get him for $10 million a year. No, because this contract's going to be something like one to two million. So I'm expecting something in the ballpark of when he hits the open market, he's going to be talking, he's going to be asking for something like $15 million. Do you think that's ridiculous to say? Over how many years? Over like two years, probably. I think Some he's short earned contract. it. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'd expect something in that ballpark. And then you can say, well, okay, you can sign Bobby Wagner for two years, $15 million, Or you can get Leighton on like a four-year deal where he's younger. He hasn't. Leighton's done excellent with injuries lately. And you can get him for like six, seven, eight million dollars a year. And in that case, I'm taking Leighton based off of the age. The, I don't have to worry about him completely falling off a cliff like I do with Wagner. And then I'd add speed. I'm not, I'm with you. I want to address the linebacker position. I want it to be speed on the edges. I don't want it to be another middle linebacker that rotates with LVE. My whole thing is, you know, you said Leighton Van Esch has been better with injuries. He definitely has. But did he miss like, what, three or four games this week or this year? And it could have been two if it if it was serious. I think it was he like came back three earlier. at the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder if, 
you know, obviously Leighton Van Desch has earned his money and I'm pro player to get their money. But I wonder if the Cowboys look at like, listen, Leighton, we want you back, but we need some assurances. We need some, you know, we're going to tailor this contract. So I say that to say Leighton Van Desch maybe had in a team friendly type of scenario where they both feel like they won. Right. I don't know if you're going to be able to have that conversation with Bobby Wagner because Bobby Wagner is going to go. It's like, OK, I'll go somewhere else. They'll pay me money. I mean, I'll go somewhere yeah, exactly. else. And, you know, yeah. they're paying Bobby Wagner. So I don't think you have that situation with Leighton Van Der Esch. I don't see Leighton Van Der Esch being the type of guy to be like, you ain't paying me, then I'm leaving. I'm not hearing you. I think he, he may want to be here. I think he understands the contract, but he bet on himself last year. You know, he didn't get the fifth year option picked up and he wasn't guaranteed to be a cowboy. He was, you know, he could have been somewhere else and the Cowboys signed them late into the, to the off season after, you know, some other situations and he came out big and he should, he should get that money. But at the same time, this could be one of those rare scenarios where they both feel good about it. Yeah, and so I mean we'll see how this progresses. I do think I do expect the Cowboys to this to be one free agent where the Cowboys are at least in conversation with Bobby Wagner because they were in conversation with him last year and with Micah yeah. Trayvon, like we said, they were they've been banging the table to sign somebody. I'd expect I'd expect there to be conversation. I just don't know like if the report comes out that Layton's been signed to a three year eighteen, twenty million dollar contract. I think that might be the time where I'm like, okay, I I'm out on Bobby Wagner. We can look, we let's look at speed at linebacker instead of just another middle linebacker. Yeah. And, and this is kind of not off topic, but it kind of comes together in the same sense. We had talked about free agency and their philosophy and the draft and their philosophy. If you're not, somewhat aggressive in free agency and just dependent on the draft, you're kind of playing with one hand behind your back a little bit. And yeah. I think that they, they always been known to like fix spots and, and we're going to be just active enough in free agency. We're able to draft and best player available. But what if they got the money, they got the situation that this close to, you know, to the winning or being in that conversation for championship that they actually go the extra mile just a little bit. And and I'm, that's not my style. I'm not the type of person we said it earlier. We're not the type of people who be like, get everybody and sign everybody and put yourself in cap hell. It's why don't you do a little more this year? Because this is something we haven't seen since Oh five Oh six, where they've 12 and five back to back playoff seasons. You know, th this team is something, or at least we can say this definitively, have done something we haven't seen in 15, 16 years. So when this team feels different to us, it's because it actually does. And I think they should move in a sense that is different because they are different. I think you're totally right. The Cowboys are in a unique position where if you're able to re-sign the right players that we discussed on last episode, the players that we want to re-sign, if you re-sign the right players, and if you're just a little bit active, there's a chance that you walk into the draft where the only real need is receiver. Like I'm cornerback maybe might still be a need, but there's, you can still fill, fill the cornerback hole this through free agency alone. And so what, like I'm with you. I want the Cowboys, their philosophy this season needs to be, we're walking into the draft with a roster that even if all of these picks fall flat outside of the, the, First round or the second round receiver is going to have to pan out because there's nobody in free agency to address that. But outside of our wide receiver pick, even if all these picks fall flat, we're still going to be hyper competitive, which is a position the Cowboys haven't been in in a long time. Right. And, and it kind of makes me nervous a little bit because I think the Cowboys, you know, I don't know if this is to be true. This is just perception. And sometimes perception is reality. It seems like the Cowboys have done enough 
to be competitive, but is that all they're okay with, right? Are they going to be able to take the leap? And that kind of brings us to our third topic here is, do you think they're going to be aggressive in free agency and, or are we just wasting our time? Because we can sit here and talk until we're blue in the face that we think that the Cowboys should and could do more, but do you Aiden Davis think they actually will this year? We're going to know after they re-sign their players, I think. And that might sound like a cop-out answer. And I'll, I'll say I think they're going to be more aggressive this year than they were last year, certainly, because you can't be... you you. It's impossible not to be more aggressive than they were in 2022. But I think we'll know... Once we know the players that are re-signed to the roster, we'll know how serious they are. Because, for example, if they're, if they're giving like uh, a name like... And these are two players I want back on the team. But if they're giving like Donovan Wilson and Carlos Watkins ridiculous contracts, then that's a sign to me like, okay, they're they're content with just re-signing their guys and rerunning it. But like I want them both signed, but like they have to be willing to let some players walk this offseason. And that hasn't been the case. I mean, they gave they let Ezekiel Elliott essentially just hog tie them and keep them captive for what a year and a half saying. I'm getting what I want, Jerry. And so they. I think Jerry has to flip the switch of, oh, Dono, you want $15, $16 million a year? Sorry, that's not happening. Go go tr- test out free agency. And that's that, needs to, that philosophy is going to, or the players that re-sign for the Cowboys is going to indicate how aggressive they're willing to be in the free agency market post uh, re-signing your own guys. Yeah, but I think it's, you know, I've seen this, you know, that we'll get back to the original question here in a second. But I, I I see a lot of people talking about get rid of Tyron Smith or like you use his money for other situations. And I'm nervous using that rhetoric because Terrence Steele is a right is a restrictor free agent easily can be brought it back. And we fully anticipate that's going to happen. But he's not going to be ready for, you know, we talked about it last week, what, four or five, six weeks. Maybe he's a pup candidate, right, to start the year. Who's starting at right tackle? Is it Matt? Well, let's yeah. go. Is it, you know, is it Josh Ball? Like, is it a draft pick? But, like, Tyron Smith being on this team where, you know, he, I think he still has some juice. He stepped up. His his idea was to play right tackle, right? He knew that he could help this team. It's not an ideal situation. He wasn't the Tyron Smith of old because he's not playing his position. He's had played since his rookie year. But I say I'm very worried about how they handle their own, like you just mentioned, because if they spent too much time focused on their own or who they're going to do or you know restructure or sign or bring back, it may take away from the big picture of being aggressive. Because in my mind, signing Donovan Wilson and signing these free agent guys is doing just enough to get by. And I wouldn't exactly. categorize yep. that as aggressive, right? Um, and they just haven't been that. And I wonder if this will be the changing of the guard this year. Yeah, I'm, I, I want to push back a little bit about that turn point because I think you can still make moves that yeah it it might seem stupid at first like if they just cut tyron smith there would be at that point every fan is like okay right tackle it's a need like you said we're not we don't at that point we wouldn't have a right tackle for the beginning of the season the cowboys decide no this tyron smith contract it doesn't make sense anymore he he's only played like i think i saw it was like 14 out of the last 50 games he could have played something 16 17 something like that and so if they decide to go that route, I'm going to be okay. But then you have to do something in free it. Then you have to be aggressive. So it just, it shifts it to where 
being aggressive is a luxury to being aggressive is a need. And last season, what they did was they obviously traded Amari Cooper. They cut several other guys that we were kind of raising our eyebrows about. And then we were like, okay, so what are you going to do in free agency? The answer is the answer was nothing. And so <laughs> this year, if they do that with Tyron Smith, they need to be, that's when they need to be aggressive in free agency then, which it can pan out and it can work and you can get a guy, a more reliable right tackle. But then your your place you're pushing your chips in on the Joneses to be aggressive in free agency when they haven't been. So I add another uh, name to that is you know I, we're t- I'm talking about Tyron Smith, but I'm equally as yeah. nervous about how they handle Connor McGovern because Connor McGovern is kind of like the tone setter of the domino pieces, right? Because if yeah. we know that Steele coming back isn't going to be ready. The question at right tackle is a real question, right? If you're not going to bring Tyron Smith back, then that's also adding compounding to that issue with right tackle. But if you don't sign Connor McGovern back, who's the left guard? Free agency is going to unfold before the draft starts. So if you don't bring Tyron Smith back, we know Terrence Steele is hurt, and you don't bring Connor McGovern back, you don't know who your left guard is, you don't know who your right tackle is, and then now you're legitimately drafting for need like you just touched on. Like Those are situations where those are... Real problems right now. If you're saying Connor McGovern isn't the guy, are you looking at free agent to find that left guard with you know a, a, a placeholder? Because we've seen this team historically fill the holes, right? So when they by the time they get to the draft, at least in their mind, they feel like they can go and pick the best player available. And I totally on board with this mindset that you don't want to go into the draft drafting for need. It, it handcuffs you. You start taking reaches. You don't want to do that. And and you know. Yes, I understand that this topic was about aggression outside free agents, but I think they need to be proactive and aggressive, I guess, so to speak. And some of the people here, I know everybody's like, okay, we're good with Conor McGovern. We're good with losing Tyron Smith, whatever, get the money, cap relief. But the hole they're going to put themselves in just to save some pennies is kind of crazy to me. But at that, like, you can find an upgrade over Conor McGovern in free agency. I agree. I do think... I think you can find an upgrade over Tyron Smith. Now, not like a when he's on, maybe not like a when he's on the field upgrade because you know what? No, if we're talking about right tackle specifically, you can find an upgrade over Tyron Smith for if we're talking about the right tackle position and free agency. So like, I'm fine if they decide to do that, but first it would first require them making the moves with Tyron and making the moves with Connor McGovern. And then we are left hoping and praying that they do address it in free agency, which is a scary position to be in. So I'm okay with Connor McGovern not coming back. If your idea is to move Tyron Smith, the left tackle kick Tyler Smith into left guard. And now you're, now you're trying to, is it, well, let's go at right tackle. Is it a draft pick? And that may not be the end all be all. Could it be a free agent though? It could be, it could be, but also they understand that Ter- Terrence Steele is the right tackle of the future. It just not may not be in the immediate future because of his knee injury, right? So you're just trying to tread water for the first half of the year, I guess. That or you find a guy, uh, find a versatile guy that can play both left and is proven to play both left and right tackle. And there was a couple names last year where I actually published an article and I can't really remember who I wrote about. I've slept since then, but I was like, here are some options at versatility at tackle because we know that Tyron Smith's likely to go down at some mm-hmm. point. He's going to get yeah. injured. And just like if the Cowboys keep him, if the Cowboys keep Tyron Smith on the roster for 2023, I I might publish the same article and say, hey, listen, we need versatility at tackle because Tyron Smith's going to go down at some point. And so yeah. you could do that and let 
slide that guy, whoever this X name free agent is, let him play right tackle for, for, for the beginning of the season and then slide him over the left tackle. And then you can kick Ty- Tyler Smith back in to guard. So same, same question or different question, same topic. Is this the worst shape the offensive line has ever been in or not ever, but in the, in recent memory, like everybody talks about the Cowboys and the glory years and at the offensive line position, we know covering the team, this offensive line isn't as good as many in the national media have, have made it look like, is this the worst spot they've been in in a long time? Yeah. I mean, definitely since I'd say the, the offensive line, like, Pre that pre three year run where we got Frederick uh, Martin and Tyron, that was three straight years, right? Yeah. Or was there a gap in between mm-hmm. three straight years? Like that line was bad. I almost are we're creeping up on the line being like, like remember when I still I will never. I'm sure he's a great guy. Doug Free will always just irk me. <laughs> I can't. But like back when like we were relying like yeah Doug Free that's our that's our tackle. Like back when that was the case, like I think this this line's definitely in a, the worst spot it's been since I'd say like 2011, 2012-ish. Yeah. You know so. what's funny is um yeah, I hate I hate name dropping here, but um back in the day so my so Mackenzie Bernadou, do you remember Mackenzie? Yep. So Mackenzie Bernadou is from Massachusetts. He worked out at the same place my brother did. So when I got a chance to like pick his brain about stuff. He was there and he was the guy that was the odd man out when Zach Martin got drafted. Like okay. back when back when Mackenzie Burnham, he was like, Yeah, like I thought I was gonna be a starter. And then next thing you know, he's replaced by like a future Hall of Famer, Pro Bowl guy. But to to say that a guy like that, no offense to Mackenzie to Mac B, like cool yeah. dude, but you know, we've come a long way since he's been <laughs> he's been in the starting yeah. line. And we and it's been since those days where we've been able to be like, Oh my god, this cowboy's offensive line isn't very good. Yeah, and like I know Listen, Dak and Cooper Rush disguised a lot of problems. The Cowboys offensive line, don't don't be mistaken. It's nearing bottom 10 in the NFL. It's there. If you wonder why anybody not named Pollard couldn't get anything going on the ground, and even Pollard struggled over the back half of the season. If you wonder why it looked like teams were just constantly in Dak's face. Now he got it off a lot of the time because he had a quick time to throw. So did Cooper Rush. Guys, this offensive line is bad. Right. And it's not, I don't think the Cowboys are going to be contenders until they fix it again. I totally agree. So I guess in, to kind of wrap it up here quickly, um, we'll kind of, we'll kind of put a bow on it, but to, to the original point and to the original question, do you think the Cowboys are going to be aggressive? And if they are, does that aggressiveness start with their own guys first? Or is that something that's just part of the process? Like, hey, they're going to take care of their guys. Let's focus on these outside free agents. We'll handle business here at home. But do you think they're going to be more aggressive than we're typically used to from this team? Um, I'm going to say, I don't, I think it's going to be slightly more aggressive. I think that the way this likely pays out plays out is they actually keep Tyron because Frankly, I'm just to be blunt here. I don't think Jerry has the cojones to <laughs> cut Tyron. I think he's done too much and he's a future Hall of Famer. And I don't think Jerry has the guts to do it. So I think Tyron's sticking around. I think you're going to see, like, I mean, this is now kind of shifted to a conversation with the offensive line. But in general, I think a lot of the free agents that we expect to get contracts, they're going to get paid around their market price, if not a little bit higher. 
typical. And then that's going to fill up most of the cap space. I don't think they're going to do a lot of restructures, especially not like I think Ezekiel Elliott is likely a guy that we're going to see on the team again in 2023. Once again, because I don't think Jerry has the guts to do it and he'll, he'll likely be restructured, but it's not going to be an like he's still going to be on the team. And then we're going to that's going to take up most of the cap space. And because of that, they're not going to do much in free agency. They'll add a couple small names and maybe one name that you're were like a Dante Fowler last year where you're like, oh, what's interesting. He could be good, mm-hmm. but nothing that really is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy this guy's jersey now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you said that. And I like when this happens because I, I, I think a little differently. Right. I do think that they're going to keep Tyron Smith. Um, as a card carrying member of the Zeke Elliott fan club, I think, I think his time is over. Personally, I think the money. You think Jerry's gonna do it? I think he has to. I think, I think he. It's not an easy conversation, like you said, but you know, it wasn't easy with Des Bryant. It wasn't easy, you know, what's going for That's Dak true. Prescott with t- Tony Romo. Like those are tough situations. But I think Tyron Smith makes too much sense with the state of the offensive line. If we were like in stable situation, the Tyron. Tyron Smith's situation is a lot easier. The Ezekiel Elliott one is a conversation where it's the it's the value of the position, it's who he is and what he's become in his role that makes me say, like, okay, Ezekiel Elliott can go. I think that would make sense. I mean, I don't even know what they're going to do with Tony Pollard, right? I think how they handle Tony I Pollard think, will... What do you think? I think he's being tagged. Do you? Okay. I, th- I mean, that's what's being reported as a possibility, so um, I wouldn't be upset either way. I'm totally indifferent. I think it would tell us what they're going to do, but I also wouldn't be upset with a total refresh at the position because there's talent there, but understanding that they want to keep their best offensive weapon on the team, I can understand why a team would want to do that. Yeah. I mean, but, I'm I'm with you where I don't, I personally wouldn't like to see Pollard on the team. I'd like to see him go elsewhere because I don't think he's worth a franchise tag, but I understand if they do. Yeah, we've said this in, in prior conversations where I could see them, they're not going to you know, go cold turkey at running back. I could see them letting Ezekiel Elliott go, but giving the ten million to Tony Pollard by the time next year is they don't give him a contract and we got a whole new backfield come twenty twenty four. I think that's a real possibility of something they're thinking of their future plan. But again, um, I like to see him be aggressive. I think that they may be because they're so close. And I, I, you know, history tells me I'm dead wrong, but I just feel like this is the year that they're like, all right, like. I mean, they're in on OBJ. I mean, like they're in on somebody like that's a that's a big name. I, I know he's not a superstar anymore, but he's a superstar in name. So um, I, you know, there's something to be said about the way they handled some of these in-season transactions this year and how they kind of was trying to be aggressive at the trade deadline. I just feel like this year may be different. I could be dead wrong and we can laugh at me and that wouldn't be the first time. But I think there's a possibility there. Do you have any names in mind that like, the Cowboys are going to sign that like you'd be like, I, I don't know how to phrase this. Well, what would it take for you to be right in terms of like how aggressive, like would an OBJ name be enough to be like, yeah, they were aggressive enough for me. What if they revisited the Brandon Cooks trade? What if they revisited the Jerry Judy situation? Like those are aggressive moves to Jerry me. Jerry like, Judy, I, <laughs> I would lose it. You know what I'm saying? I, know, like, I, that's... Know, I yeah. You know, that's something that like you would be like, all right, like they mean business. And I think it would take one of those for for people to be like, 
this is different. This Cowboys front office is because like I said it before and I'll say it again, because it, it makes sense to me. They have one hand time behind the back. They do really well at drafting, but hitting on a draft is what two or three good guys in the draft that you can't like, they've done it this way. They've been good. They've been competitive, but it's time to take it over the top. So, um, you know, I think we got a lot to dissect over this off season. We got a lot of moves to see what happened and I'm sure they'll give us some storylines, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I'm just looking at like, the names like names that could be splashes in terms of like obviously there's a receiver splashes likely would have to come through a trade unless like you're super high on Jacoby Myers but like names that are free agents Taylor Lewan, Orlando Brown Rodney Hudson obviously Connor McGovern Jason Kelsey (laughs) like those are free agent names that like if the Cowboys were to sign any of those I think those would be at least that's something at least I think Jason I, Kelsey is he's gonna either retire or, or I, sign I, with the, you know what I mean. He's, but yeah, he's, he's Taylor one's interesting. Eagle. Taylor one's gonna want to go somewhere to be a starter, but you know, I don't think he. I mean, he's at a right tackle and he's a left. He also guy, yeah, so. he also came off. He's also coming off injuries yeah, too. Right, but you know, we got a lot of questions. We got a lot of uh, you know episodes to kind of re you know dissect and kind of go through this. So before I let us go, Aiden, you got anything else? You got anything you want to kind of close us out with? Nope. In five months, yeah, five-ish months, we'll be able to look back and say, I'm, I'm predicting not aggressive. You're predicting aggressive. One of us is going to be right One in five of us going to be right. One of us is going to be right, and history tells me I'm going to be dead wrong. So, again, <laughs> <laughs> that's something I'm used to, and if that is, I would love to be right, but I'm probably going to be wrong here. So, from yep. the First and Ten podcast brought to you by Blog and the Boys, powered by SB Nation, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. Thank you guys for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you next week. Peace.